Welcome to .NET Rambles, a weekly podcast where Andy and Rowan discuss all things .NET related. Hello again, Rowan. How are you doing? Very well, thanks, Andy. End of another week, and here oh, we are. Yeah, it's another Friday. They keep coming around, coming around they thick do, and fast. They so, do, absolutely. Yeah, getting towards the end of the year as well. It's, it's just uh, starting to get dark outside, a bit windy, a bit horrible. So, not it ideal. is. It has gotten really cold uh, where I am at the moment, and yeah. it's, it's started to feel like late autumn, sort of close to winter. Prior to that, it was okay, but it's yeah, the temperatures just dropped a lot. It's uh, end of end of October, so we we should be expecting this. It's not unusual in the UK. No, that's is it? right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the clocks go back uh, in a yeah. in a week, just over two, a week, week or two. Yeah. yeah. Two a two a.m. in the morning or something. Never yep. understood that. I'll, I'll, I'll be always, up. I'll <laughs> be up to, to move my, all my clocks back. <laughs> I, I always do it at eight o'clock in the morning. I don't know why they don't do it then. It'd be a lot more handy for people. It, I think. it would, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, I do it the night before and uh, wake up in the morning, oh, slightly disorientated. Oh, that's organised. That is. I don't. I normally leave it for about two days. <laughs> so I wonder yeah. why I'm late to everything. Get 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 to work late on the Monday morning. Yeah, yeah. yeah brilliant. So, <laughs> anyway, so this is all about. Um, we were chatting the other day, and I'm I'm managed to mention to you about losing a load of files because, um, well, basically, because I don't understand how Git works. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no, I don't. I'm not even going to pretend I do. I, I do things with it, and um, I break it, and then I fix it, and somehow I get stuff back or or commit stuff. But yeah, recently I had a load of I don't know what I did. It's one of those weird things that you do um, afterwards. You sort of come out in a cold sweat and think, uh, do I have a backup of that? Do I? Yeah. Can I get it back? Nope. So that, that was a, a, I still do that oh, years and years after learning how to develop and doing it. You still do the same old stuff. But, you do, don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was just a stupid, I don't know why, just trying to reset my branch for some reason. Um, and yeah, I, I just blew it all away. So um, so I thought it's probably a good little thing for us to have a chat about, sort of see um, what we know about Git and um, the history of it, how we use it, why we use it, and just go through it all, really. Yeah, uh, where, where it came from, why it is the way it is, why it's, why it's yeah. now the the sort of the go-to source control system it'd be interesting to, to go through all of that yeah yeah how did, yeah that's a good point yeah how did it get to that stage because obviously normally these sorts of things something comes out like this because it's it's better or it's had more you know it's been pushed better by the company yeah. that built it or something so yeah it'd be interesting to find out you know what's what's behind it and, and yeah what's going on with it so yeah yeah before we get into that though mm-hmm. you were mentioning an interesting fact regarding yeah shuffling cards which i thought was uh, fascinating and I, th- I think that's worth repeating yeah okay yeah so the, yeah this little random fact about shuffling a deck of cards so a, a weird little thing yeah just again um something you find out there i, I had a quick look at this to make sure because some of these things you find and you're like really is it that because some of these things you look at and you just go no that's that impossible surely that's not real yeah uh, but this was yeah to do with shuffling a deck of cards that basically when you shuffle a deck of cards nobody else would have ever shuffled the deck in the same way that you have so when you finish shuffling it basically the combination you've got if you lay it out on the table those 52 cards it's unique so it would make a good password to be honest if you can remember the 52 cards you could use that as your password ah, brilliant yeah interesting yeah. um but apparently it's 52 f- f- sorry fa- factorial 52 it's 52 exclamation or factorial 52 and um apparently that that translates to 10 to the power of 67 which again is a a very large number, sixty-eight digit number. And so, and, is, um, yeah. is that also the same as fifty-two times fifty-one times fifty times forty-nine? So you know, all the way, all the way back. 
That's right. Yeah, basically, I think. Yeah, I think that's the idea is that because you you've taken a card out of it, so you've got fifty left, and if you take another card, which is your second in your shuffle, that's obviously left forty nine. Yeah, gotcha. Another one, forty eight. Yeah, so it goes that way. So, um, yeah. and apparently, I mean, again, looking at sort of the details of this, when I was reading this website saying it, if if you had somebody shuffling a deck of cards once a second since the beginning of the universe, not even you know since the beginning of of the Earth, nineteen seventy two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the beginning of the universe, which is. Fourteen million years ago, jeez, yeah. um, They they wouldn't have shuffled the deck more than ten to the power of eighteen. So you know we're talking about ten to the power of sixty-seven. Wow, they wouldn't have done it ten to the power of eighteen. So it's 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 a huge, huge number, isn't it? It's just unfathomable. Exactly. I just can't get my head around that. That is that's very interesting. Yeah, so there you go. Another another random fact for you. Another another <laughs> randomly interesting fact. How about that? That's brilliant. Absolutely. So let's get into this. In so what's Git? What is Git? So I, I think we're all fairly familiar with Git being a distributed source control system uh, that is is probably the most widely used source control system uh, in use. You know, in in the current day, isn't it? Um, and so it allows us as programmers to collaborate around the code code that we write and to track all the changes that that, that you know that, that we make to that code um, it also allows us to develop code and change things at the same time so if we're if we're more than one person and we're in a team um, and that team needs to work in the same area git allows us to to change source files at the same time and then merge them in um, and branch them off and, you know, merge them in when those changes are ready and ready to be integrated. So it's a way of, of, of tracking and, and managing changes to our to our source code, really. Which is obviously quite important at times if you need to sort of find out why something was done or what it used to look like or, or how it used to behave. You can exactly. Exactly. Very important. Very important. Yeah. And that really that collaboration aspect is, a, is an important point to, to, to start to think about, I think, when, when we're talking about Git. Um, because prior to Git, um, you know, the, the, there have obviously been source control systems around for quite a long time, and the, there were source control systems around prior to Git. Um, but there were very few distributed source control systems, um, and very few that thought about changes in the way that Git thinks about changes. Um, if we think about some of the source control, source control systems we used before Git came on the scene, mm-hmm. you know, things like CVS or um, or Subversion SVN or even Visual Source Safe, they thought mm-hmm. about managing the, the the changes to a repository or to a set of files in a very different sort of way. Okay. Uh, if I think back to Subversion, Subversion was all about revisions, wasn't it? So it mm-hmm. thought about yeah. you know your repository or your set of files as a particular you know one particular version. Um, and that sort of made branching and collaborating and then remerging changes if you're you know if you if you're working on the same thing really difficult because you're trying to merge revisions in with one another which just didn't didn't really work it was always a nightmare wasn't it yeah okay interesting yeah so it's sort of like a new take on it a a, a, a different way of thinking about it sort of yeah. turn, turn it around think about it a different way come at it a different angle sort of thing Exactly, exactly, okay. and I, I think that I think the key thing is that rather than thinking about things as as revisions, like full revisions to a repository, Git just just thinks about managing the changes. So, you know, yeah. 
in individual changes or or, or change sets that can be merged um, and doesn't think about overall revisions of a of a repository. So yeah, a bit of a paradigm shift really. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the whole distributed nature of it as well sort of added added another dimension when when it Mm -hmm. uh, you know when it became popular. Cool. So so you mentioned obviously there's there's a history of this stuff. You know we've had like SVN before there were source control systems for. When did Git sort of come around? What's the history of Git then? Well, I think that Linus, uh, the creator of Linux, created, uh, I don't think, I know, I've, I've researched it <laughs> and I found out, <laughs> found out that Linus created, created Git in 2005. And it's an interesting story, actually, the story of where Git came from. Um, Linus is obviously the, you know, the, 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 the key contributor to the Linux kernel. Um, and back in the early 2000s, uh, when he was developing the Linux kernel in collaboration with a lot of other people, they weren't actually using any source control system. Um, apparently, they were collaborating through uh, things like user groups and even emails. Um, so if, if people needed to submit changes or patches to the Linux kernel, <laughs> they'd, email, they'd email Linus and say, you know, what do you, what do you think of this? So that's, that that's, was... Yeah, that's, that's crazy, isn't it? Sorry, just picking up on that. That's... That, that nowadays you you think about how that would work and it's just that's it'd be impossible yeah you know, there's so would, much going on so many things absolutely um, it would be unmanageable yeah. so it's 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 an you know it's incredible that they managed to do anything you know yeah. with with that sort of workflow single single point of failure you know, oh like absolutely that. absolutely so not only was there no was was there no real tracking of changes and no way to you know reverse out things that went wrong there was um you know it it, it, it was a it was a bottleneck all, all, all going through Linus. So he had to, you know, manage all those changes coming in. Um, he obviously was aware of the source control systems around at the time, you know, things like CVS and CVN, um, but none of them were suitable for, for his needs. Um, as we've mentioned, most of those systems around at the time were all centralized. Um, and so they have a central repository and if you wanted to work on files in that repository, you'd have to check files out of that central repository and the source control system would make a full copy of that. And then merging back in was a nightmare. Um, so it, it, you know, those sorts of workflows just didn't work. Um, and as a result, you know, Linus wasn't happy using any of those source control systems or using those workflows that were, that were associated with those work with those source control systems, you know, in, in the, uh, the, the Linux kernel development. So as time went on, uh, Linus came across a, a source control system called BitKeeper, which contrary to the whole uh, concept of Linux, you know, being open source, BitKeeper was actually a commercial product. Um, BitKeeper was a distributed source control system. Uh, it's actually still around today. I think you can. Uh, I think that I think they've actually since open source BitKeeper, um, but back then it was a commercial product. Um, and Linus looked at it and thought, you know, that's the closest thing that that I can find to something that's going to you know, that's going to provide a workflow that's going to work for us. So he started using BitKeeper, uh, much to the dismay of a lot of other people in the Linux community in the Linux sort of development. Uh, community um they were obviously open source people who were passionate about open source and they didn't like using a commercial product to, to manage their source code it's been funny people are more passionate about that than actually having a, a tool that will do the job for them and yeah exactly make their life easier they'd rather you know i suppose it's 
however you feel about it so it's, yeah it's exactly yeah i mean they, they, these these people are passionate they, they're obviously incredible uh developers and developed an amazing kernel in linux um and gave up a lot of their spare time to to do so and were really passionate about providing great software for free didn't like the fact that uh that uh, linus was using bitkeeper but you know linus was um keen to use a tool that was appropriate for the job um so he went on using it um and as he did a lot of people in the community started to to try and reverse engineer bitkeeper to create an open source version of you know a distributed source control system that they could eventually use um and it turned out that sort of bitkeeper got wind of this and they didn't like the fact that people were trying to reverse engineer their product and trying to yeah, exactly. So they they ended up pulling their license and saying, "Guys, if you're going to continue to do this, you can't use the product for free." Um, during uh, which time uh, Linus sort of took himself out of the development team for the Linux kernel and shut himself away for a couple of weeks and created Git. Couple um, of weeks. Yeah. Was it was it a couple of weeks? Was that apparent, apparently so? It was it? a couple of weeks. Yeah. He, wow. You sort of you emerged a couple of weeks later and said, "Look, everyone, I've made this. This solves the problems that I've always encountered with existing source control systems. Um, you know, it solves the, the the centralized problem in that Git is a distributed source control system. Um, it also solves the performance problems and the the, the tracking of of revisions versus changes problems." Um, there were there were also things in the older source control systems uh, that that were really hard to address. Things like race condition bugs if two patches were submitted at the same time in uh, in CVS were a real problem, and they weren't easily sort of solved problems with the with the current architectures. So yeah, Lin, Linus uh, Linus sorry started from the ground up and and developed Git um, in a couple of weeks. I think within a couple of months, I think they had the Linux kernel in git um and you know it wasn't wasn't too long after that 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 git was you know pretty pretty much became mainstream and 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 has been the go-to source control system ever since really that's amazing there's a a few stories like that isn't there you hear the one about uh, the other one that pops into my head is javascript when um i can't remember the name of the person who did it he he did the same thing shut himself away and built javascript in in 10 days or something or again a couple of weeks or something the obviously very early version of it but that was the, the idea. So you hear these stories of doing it, but that's absolutely phenomenal to build something like that in a couple of weeks. Incredible, so, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. incredible. Yeah, and it, it, it solves some of those those key problems. Um, you, you know, I touched on the fact that it was distributed rather than centralized, but we didn't, we haven't really talked through why that makes a difference. Um, yeah, sure. And I think it comes back to the idea of, of being able to collaborate and branch and merge a lot easier with a distributed system than you can with a you know with a centralized system. So distributed source control systems obviously exist uh, in multiple places. So as a developer, you check out the whole repository and you have a whole copy of that repository on your on your workstation, and you make changes to that repository. You commit changes, um, and then when you're ready, you push that back up to the the, the remote repository. Um, during which time your changes then merged with the with the other repository. So it sort of it, it breaks that model of having one centralized copy that's got to be checked out and locked. Um, and then then merge back into so yeah git solves that through its distributed nature it's obviously very efficient um, it's it's accurate and it's super performant so compared to those older source control systems 
that took forever to merge and took forever to create branches and mm-hmm. um you know and had those bugs that that we touched on you know yeah. Git solves those problems i remember yeah that was one of the things we i mean one of the first very first ones i used was visual source safe back in the day um you know long long time ago um probably late 90s early 2000s i think i was using that and that yeah. was i remember that was a big problem we had people you always were told don't branch don't do branching because merging it, it i mean in our case it, it used to kill it uh there yeah. was frequently that the um one of the, the sort of infrastructure people had to restore it or um recover i think there's like a recovery utility that came with it right it, yeah it, it used to basically just you know pull everything out of the uh, its database and, and restore it sort of thing and recover it so yeah always always having problems like that so it was always a case of yeah it, it was always our bottleneck because it was like you say centralized um yeah. that was the one somebody had checked file out somebody else couldn't check the same file out or if you did then start allowing multiple checkouts you started getting into another uh, whole world of pain um, for it as well so yeah that and that, that's my memory of it. And and really, that that that, that those fundamental differences have, have resulted in a revolutionary change to development, really, haven't they? Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. t- talking back through your experience there, where just a simple act of branching, you know, just to work on the same code as someone else is working on, that was a real chore, um, and that meant that not many people created branches. It meant basically that collaboration was a lot harder than it is today. Whereas if we think, you know, forward to the way that we develop today, you know, we're branching left, right and centre. We don't think, you know, twice about it. Um, it is just, it has just been a game changer for collaboration, really, at the end of the day, hasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So, okay, so we, yeah, that, that sort of covers the, the benefits of it, sort of the distributed nature, over-centralised. The fact it's open source. I mean, again, that's a huge thing for everybody, really, the fact you can get this free it's it's free for everybody so yeah um it's out there obviously it's still being developed there's changes to it every now and then it's well supported yeah you know, obviously the biggest github is obviously the thing that people would know know it for so that's yeah. um, one of the biggest places it's used yeah um so i suppose using it using it on a day-to-day basis then how, how do you go about using it you know from from starting say you know you've got a developer coming in they're starting how would they get to know how to use git with yeah. source control well there's a couple of options really so git uh as with most things on linux is a command line tool um and to get the most out of git you really need to understand all of those different operations and those commands and and understand what a branch is what a repository is what a remote repository is um how to create branches and then how to merge them back in um and using that those command line commands you can you know you you can exercise all the different features in git but really if you're a beginner starting out the best place to start i would suggest is is probably with a gui tool with a with a graphical user interface that sits over the top of those you know those command line commands um and there's a number of them out there um you know there's these days our ides have got git clients built into them um so visual studio and you know visual studio code have got pretty good sort of git clients built into them that allow you to check out and branch and merge and and see diffs in them um there's standalone standalone gui clients like um a source tree from atlassian is a pretty good one mm-hmm. um there's even things like tortoise git um so you know those developers familiar with subversion in the older days using um using tortoise svn 
mm-hmm. sort of feel some level of familiar, familiarity if you're using Tortoise Git. Um, there's a number of other GUI tools uh, that'll that'll sit over the top of, of Git and just make make getting started a bit easier. Yeah. Okay. So so obviously, like you say, you get the, you get the it's a GUI based tool because it's Linux. It's got its history in Linux, so you've obviously got access to the the, um, the sorry the CLI. Um, so you run it through the command line. Um, yeah. But you've also got these GUI ones, and I mean, yeah, I've I've used a couple of them. I've used Source Tree. Uh, I've I've used um, a couple of other ones, and some of these are are free some of them paid for yeah it's that type of thing isn't it so you know if you want to get more features in it where it does hold your hand more or it takes you more through the things then i guess the paid ones will give you a little bit more comfort in that exactly exactly i mean one of the things i found with some of the gui tools is particularly things like uh, tortoise git because they're sitting over the top of of git in some ways they disguise some of those core concepts around what's happening um, and they can muddy the waters a little bit and make it slightly confusing. Um, you know, a lot of the, the time they're okay for, for the simple operations of, of checking out and committing, not checking out, but, you know, branching and committing. Um, but as soon as you start to get to some of those more advanced sort of features and concepts, using a GUI tool can quite often be more confusing than, you know, than just dropping back to the to the command line because the GUI tools add that sort of layer of abstraction, trying to simplify things, which then at times can can hide those underlying concepts. If that makes sense. No, it does absolutely. I think that that's something I noticed when I first started using it. I did exactly that. I used to use a, a GUI tool all the time. I'd, yeah. I've never really gone down to the command line to use it. Yeah. Because um, you know you do you feel a bit more uh, you feel safer in a, in a GUI tool because you feel like you know everything. I mean, being Windows background, of course, everything's in Windows. It's it's all GUI based, so yeah, you know, yeah. You, you use it as it, it's very, feels very familiar. Um, but yeah, that's when you start getting to a few points where you, you try and start using it in a in different way, and the the GUI tool doesn't support that or something, or it yeah. it, it forces you down a different route that you don't really need to to do. So yeah, I'd agree. It's good to start with the, with with the GUI side of things, but it's very very useful to then learn some of the command line and. I mean, in my sort of experience, there's not a huge amount to the command line, really. There's there's only a, a handful of commands that you use on a day to day basis. Um, it's it's not yeah, like you've got to memorize five hundred commands. Exactly. The, I mean, the workhorse commands you're using day in day out, they're, they're fairly easy to sort of get to grips with, and you know you're using them so so regularly. Um, you know, they're fairly easy to get your head around. Um, the brilliant thing is that you know Git has got so many different features, a lot of which you don't use day-to-day but the documentation is brilliant um and obviously the you know the the, the support and the community around git is massive i mean it's, it's it is the source control systems the go-to source control system so if ever you're in need of help you know <laughs> there's there's loads of of resources available on the internet really aren't there yeah and i'd probably say at some point with git you will be in need of help because you'll have done something really stupid like losing all your files or something yeah or uh, <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah or something going wrong merges going wrong or or something going wrong stuff like that so yeah, yeah exactly so i mean sh- should we have a look at some of those those core sort of workhorse commands that that you issue day in day out in git and sort of have, have a run through those yeah absolutely um, yeah. What, yeah what would you be your standard um thing then what, what would you use on a day-to-day basis so if 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 I think about a regular day at the office, I will be working on a particular feature most likely. Um, so when I start that feature in terms of source control, I will branch, d- depending on what 
product I'm working on and, and what sort of branching strategy that that product employs um, in a in its in a, in a really simple form you might use it might be using a branching strategy that says right we've got a master branch that represents what's in production and for each feature that we develop we create a feature branch uh, for that particular ticket so what I might do if I'm starting a, a feature is you know make sure my, my my master branch is up to date and then I'll create a, a feature branch off master for that particular ticket work away on that ticket and hopefully not introduce too many bugs as I'm developing <laughs> um, commit the changes as I'm going push that feature branch up to my remote repository um, and then open up a PR for the likes of you and the rest of the team Andy to to, to have a look at to get that merged back in eventually into uh, into master. So that's a typical sort of workflow, isn't it? Where you might have a, you know, a master or a develop branch, you create a branch, a branch off that, you know, off that, off that sort of main branch. And then you develop and add your changes and commit and, you know, change stuff um, and do as much development as you need to locally. And then you push that up and, and, open that up for review and you do that with a pull request. Um, Interestingly, yeah, pull requests aren't, Aren't a concept that are, that are built into into Git as the source control system. Uh, they're an idea that came about uh, by the, the the Git sort of providers, you know, like like GitHub and um, Bitbucket, you know, and the, and the likes of those providers. Yeah, it's funny. It's like you say, it's not built into to Git that concept. It's just something the providers make available, and it, it's a it's a flow, isn't it? It's something it is, like it? you say, you 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 do your code locally, you push it up. You create a PR so you can make people aware that there's something that needs looking at, and it's a it's peer review, peer review of your code, basically, isn't it? To um, have a look at it, make sure you've done everything. Um, if there's a checklist, a lot of the times with companies, or yeah. there's coding standards, so you go through those, make sure everything's right, pull it down. So that's one of the nice things about this, isn't it? If you've pushed a branch up, I can then pull that branch down to my local, yeah. and having the exact copy of it to then run locally, test it, check it, um, and then. Yeah, I can I can approve it and say, yeah, that looks right. It's doing what it should be doing. There's, you've not put any backdoors in the code. You've not made any silly mistakes, stuff like that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah okay. exactly. And it, 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 it's a brilliant tool, really, isn't it? Just to just to at the end of the day, to compare two branches. So to compare, yeah. you know, likely you know compare a feature branch with a with a more sort of main branch like a developer, a master. Or a main, uh, depending on on how you're naming your branches. Um, yeah, and, and and at the end of the day, it's a, it's a great collaboration tool, isn't it? A, a pull request. So um, yeah, certainly certainly useful to to use as part of a workflow. Mm-hmm. I suppose that's interesting as well. Yeah, we've got the main branch or the develop branch or another branch, and different places have different naming conventions. So you you could well always just work off a main branch. I've been in places that do that. It's you know. It, it, that's how they did it. And that's how they wanted to do it. That's fine. Feature branches. You take a feature branch, you work on it, you, you, you put it up and then people check it. Uh, other times, you know, you've got um, dev branches. So you only ever push to a dev branch and then somebody else takes care of taking the dev branch to a main branch or something like that. So uh, that sort of thing comes from the companies, I guess. Each company can be different and um, they, they pick a way that works for them, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Company or even, even product specific, depending mm. on, you know how often that product's being released, the, the sorts of features that are being developed, whether it is in development, you know, as a product, or whether it's you know it's largely sort of done. Um, yeah, so it's, it's sort of product or, or company based, isn't it? And it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because as we've been talking through these these various workflows that you can use um, around branching and branching strategies, 
these types of things just didn't exist prior to Git, did they? So, no. you know, back in the days of um, Subversion and, and Visual Source Safe, you wouldn't dream of, you know, creating branches at the drop of a hat and merging stuff back in and, um, you know, every feature that you develop creating a new branch for it. It just, it just wasn't what you did because the source control systems didn't support it. It wasn't, it wasn't built into their DNA. Um, it wasn't... It, it wasn't something that they set out to achieve, you know, th this idea of being able to, to branch, make some changes, and then merge that back in. It was yeah. it was a completely different world back then, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. Any Anything that comes along and simplifies it obviously means you're going to try and use that methodology a lot more. That, that was exactly it. It was expensive. It was very expensive to create branches and merge them back in. And generally, you'd end up rewriting all of your code on top of the actual branch you were trying to get it back into. So you no time saving whatsoever. Obviously, with with Git, where you know it's much cleverer at merging, most of the time it does it all for you, and there might be a couple of conflicts you have to deal with. So it's it's much much better and saves exactly. you all that time. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, great, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah. So just I mean, just 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 to round that off, really, <laughs> in terms of the standard Git uh, commands that you'd be using in those in those sort of workhorse workflows, you'd be doing things like pulling from a remote repository. So you'd be using a Git pull. Prior to that, just to work out whether you've got any changes, you might be using a Git fetch, uh, which will pull down and update your local tracking branches to to work out whether there are any changes in the remotes that you're that you're tracking. Um, even before that, you know, you, you'd want to clone a repository. So, you know, you mentioned pulling down a local branch. You'd obviously have to make sure that you've got your repository, you've got that repository locally. So you'd be using Git clone. Um, but as you're working away, you know, you'll do things like Git add. Um, which will take from your working index into your stage um, into into your staged index. And we haven't talked about that at all yet. But um, you know, Git uses the idea of your of your working tree and then your staged index, um, and then eventually you you then commit from your staged index into the actual repository. Um, so you would do things like Git add to add stuff from your working. Uh, you know your workspace into into your staged index, and then you'll git commit into the actual repository. And once you're happy with all your commits, you'll then push them up to the remote repository using git push. Um, and then if you wanted to merge one branch into another branch in your local repository, you'd use like a git merge command. So you know those those sorts of commands are the commands that we're using all day, every day as developers, aren't they? Yeah, um, and they're the, you know the the workhorse commands really that. Um, that allow us to, to to use those workflows. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't think of many that I use apart from that. Um, yeah, like you say, there's you know, those common ones. They're the ones you get used to all the time, all day, every day. And something I was told right at the beginning of using Git is obviously doing commits is um, a cheap option as well. It's a cheap operation. Rather, you can do it time and time again. So you, you make some changes, commit them, make some more changes, commit them, and then try and push them frequently. So you've obviously got the local copy, but you've also got a backup. Yeah. Pushed up to the, the um, server and that. So, yeah. That, and then obviously later on, even if you've got lots and lots of commits, you can still turn them into a single commit so you can tidy it all up and do that sort of thing. Yeah, well, that's yeah. interesting, isn't it? Because um, that starts to to move into some of those, you know, I guess you could call them more advanced features of Git. Um, so things like rebasing and squashing, you know, where you can take a take some commits and 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 attach them to a different parent, so they appear at a different spot in the timeline, or um, or squashing, as you as you mentioned, where you might take ten consecutive commits and and reduce that down to one commit. So in the uh, in the Git history, that just appears as as one commit, and they're useful tools for just sort of housekeeping type operations around your repository, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Then there are things like, uh, you know, even things like bisect, like a git bisect, um, if you're trying to locate a, a commit that's introduced a bug, for example, or introduced any sort of change um, where git will run a binary search to try and, um, you know, to, to, to try and locate a commit that, that, that made a particular change. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's things like git patching and cherry picking where you can take commits from one branch and apply them into another branch um, as, as a standalone commit. Um, so there's, you know, there's, there's lots of different areas of, of, mm-hmm. of git that and lots lots of different functionality there's there's loads of functionality around reviewing um you know the the git log and 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 even you know you know changing pointers on where your branches are pointing you know and and looking at the ref log so there's a you know there's a there's a whole host of different things that um that you need to be aware of but you know i I don't think it's you know, it's worth us sort of delving into into every one of those, you know, half no, hour conversation. I was going to say, it'd take a little bit longer than we've got available today, wouldn't it? But it's, it's a huge, huge thing. But it boils down, I suppose, to actually what you use day to day is very, very small. But yeah. it, it's a much bigger thing. But it's a very safe thing to use. It's a very um, clever thing. It's it's fast. It, and it just makes development so much easier. So It does, doesn't it? And it really has revolutionized the way that we write code. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, just purely because it's so much easier to collaborate and so much easier to, you know, to work on similar areas of code and then, and then, you know, merge all those changes back together. It's, um, it's pretty, I don't Absolutely. think we really understood at the time how, how revolutionary it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I think we're only really now just, just, just really appreciating, um, you know, what, a, what, a, what a massive leap forward Git and, well, you know, really it is Git that, that's emerged. Um, I think, you know, Git was competing with Mercurial at one stage. You know, they're yeah. both distributed source control systems, aren't they? But mm-hmm. um, Git seems to have, uh, have won out. Yeah, uh, yeah, the VHS versus the Betamax type of battle. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, so I, I, as always, you know, for more information about stuff like this, it's obviously you can Google it and there's loads of stuff out there. There's a, obviously, You mentioned the Git site lots of good git documentation it's actually quite useful from the command line if you you know using the command line tools gives you quite a lot of help there so it tells you all the options and everything but yeah yeah so there's loads loads out there you can sort of go and find it in your search engine of choice absolutely yeah i mean and as as we mentioned there's loads of resources out there um, you know, even cheat sheet sites like um, Oh Shit Gits, it's a good one, isn't it? That'll that'll help you out of the um, out of the yeah. proverbial if you if you get stuck. Absolutely, that's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, somebody somebody come up with a quality name there because you do literally that is pretty much what you do when something happens. You do think that, so it's a it's a clever site. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll try and put a link to that um, so that we can put these snippets of information up there. So absolutely excellent so moving on uh, that's pretty much all we wanted to talk about from the git point of view and obviously we normally talk about an open source project of the week which this week's very easy because it's it's basically git Git is the open source project of the week really um absolutely yeah i mean it has to be the open source project of the week doesn't it yeah yeah i don't think there's any any need to give it any more time Uh, we've talked about it to death so um, and obviously yeah i mean that's the great thing about it as well you can actually go and have a look how all this works if you can actually go and untangle all of uh, Linus's code and see what he did and how he did it and you know what it how it works behind the scenes if you're interested in that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah it's all available. It's all open source, isn't it? That's which it. is which yeah. is the beauty of it. Go and learn from it. Absolutely. So, and then yeah, finally, just our utility of the week, which I chucked in earlier. Just a little thing I use all the time. A little thing called Nimble Text, and um, I've just got it sitting there uh, 
on, on one of my sort of uh, folders where I just every now and then I need to manipulate some big chunks of text. So I think a common thing is like, you know, you've got a load of records in Excel and you want to actually turn it into like a SQL statement. Yeah. Um, so it makes it really easy to just copy that, paste it into this little tool and then use, uh, basically tell it how to split the string up and then how to join it back together and turn sort of, you know, two or 300 bits of text into two or 300 insert statements in one go or use some regex on it or uh, add prefixes or add suffixes or turn it into base 64. There's all, all sorts of things it can do. And it's brilliant. It's a, it's a, um, you can use it online or you can download a version of it. It's, it's really clever, really, really good little bit of uh, bit of software. It's amazing, really. Yeah, yeah brilliant. It's, it, it, it's, it sounds like that solves uh, the problem of, of, yeah, really doing things that we find ourselves doing over and over and over as developers, you know, where we've got, you know, we've got something from a BA, for example, that we need to insert into a database and they might, you know, provide it as a, a CSV and we need to turn that into insert statements, you know, brilliant for, for things like that. Yeah, exactly. That sort of thing. Yeah. You can you, also, you can use it. You mentioned things we do all the time, like automation. You, you can, you just build um, automation with it, just a command line, just run it every time. And it'll, you know, so if you're pulling, if you've got logs then you've always got to format a log or something and uh, put it into a different format. So yeah, it does stuff like that, which is so yeah, really handy. Just yeah. Nimbletext.com. Brilliant. If you want to go and have a look at it. But Marvelous utility of the week. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's our, we've done half an hour chatting again. It's uh, flown by. Um, Has. And, uh, yeah, absolutely enjoyable as always. Yeah, no, great stuff. It's, uh, I've learned a little bit more about Git. So <laughs> I feel <Brilliant>. empowered. <laughs> I'd say I'll go and use it, but we use it all day, every day. So. Yeah, we do, don't we? We can, <laughs> always, is... we can always be better users, though, go yeah, Absolutely. There's always something, there's a new command to learn in it or a new thing to try out in it. So, yeah, yeah definitely. I might go and see if there's any new uh, GUI clients that are out there that, that uh, might be easier to use. So, no, great stuff. stuff. Well, good to talk right. to you again and um, have a good weekend as always. And I'll, uh, I'll catch up with you next time. We'll chat next week. Yeah, cheers, Andy. Right. Cheers, Ryan. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.